I'm John Pop, and this is the Daily Signal Top News for Monday, August 14th. Here are today's headlines. Georgia's Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis, a Democrat, will reportedly present her case against former President Donald Trump this week. The charging document appears to be released prematurely, as a document listing the charges against Trump appeared on the district attorney's website, then disappeared again shortly thereafter. Her case revolves around the charges that Trump attempted to interfere with the 2020 election. It's the fourth criminal case against the former president. No, I didn't tamper with the election, Trump said on social media website True Social. Those who rigged and stole the election were the ones doing the tampering, and they are the slime that should be prosecuted. In a separate Truth Social post, Trump accused Willis of making Atlanta a dangerous city. There has been some local opposition to the indictment as well. How many times has Trump been indicted already? Why are we going after something that has no impact on Fulton County whatsoever, said Julie Allen, a retired education worker who advocates for using hand-marked paper ballots, according to ABC News. There's a huge backlog in cases. We have issues with the jail. We need a new jail. Funding for a new jail, air conditioning went out in the jail, all of these kinds of stuff, she said. I voted for Fannie Willis. I didn't vote for her to go on this rabbit trail. All the money it's cost Fulton County for what? For what end? For what purpose? Fires on the Hawaiian island of Maui have been contained, but not before they destroyed an enormous amount of property and took the lives of over 90 people and counting. The Hawaiian town of Lahaina was almost completely destroyed in the inferno. Residents made a desperate attempt to flee the area. Many jumped into the ocean to escape the smoke and flames. Hawaii has a siren warning system for natural disasters. However, the Hawaii Emergency Services Administration acknowledged that a warning siren in Maui never activated. They didn't give us no warning, no nothing, said Lisa Penny, a resident of Lahaina, according to NBC News. No siren, no alarms, no nothing. Hawaii Governor Josh Green, a Democrat, and other Democratic politicians have been quick to blame the fires on climate change. But as Daily Signal columnist Jared Stepman will explain in an upcoming article, the fires were magnified in size and scope by poor forest management and government dysfunction. FEMA estimated that damage from the Hawaiian fires sits at around $5.6 billion, but that number will likely go up. Hawaiian authorities continue to look for missing people. The official number of deaths currently sits at 96 people. When President Joe Biden was asked about the fires and the deaths, he responded, we're looking at it. A U.S. District Court judge in Texas, David Allen Ezra, upheld a father's claims that authorities violated his constitutional rights when they forcibly removed him and prevented him from attending a school board meeting in 2021. I was arrested and jailed for exposing the misdeeds of trustees and administrators. Jeremy Story, the father of seven children who attend or have attended public schools in Round Rock Independent School District in Texas, said in an exclusive interview by the Daily Signal's Tyler O'Neill. Police removed Story after he brought up concerns at a school board meeting about a superintendent facing allegations of assaulting a girlfriend. The school district's attempts to dismiss our claims and sweep them under the legal rug have failed, he said. What's at stake is the basic right of free speech without fear of government retaliation. The U.S. District Judge rejected notions to dismiss claims that the school board violated Story's First Amendment rights by limiting seating capacity in one school board meeting. 
by retaliating against him for engaging in constitutionally protected speech and by barring him from a meeting that was open to public participation. He also upheld Story's claim that police violated his Fourth Amendment rights against unreasonable seizure and false arrest. As Tyler O'Neill reports, the case has national implications for parental rights at school board meetings. Usually such violations don't see the light of day because school boards hide behind lawyers who overpower parents, Story said. Democratic presidential candidate Robert F. Kennedy Jr. said on Sunday that he would support a federal ban on abortion after three months of pregnancy if he were to be elected. I believe a decision to abort a child should be up to the woman during the first three months of life, Kennedy said to an NBC reporter at the Iowa State Fair. When further pressed about whether he would support a ban on abortion at 15 or 21 weeks, he said yes. Once a child is viable outside the womb, I think the state has an interest in protecting the child, he said. Kennedy shortly thereafter walked back the statement. A spokesman said that he misunderstood the question from an NBC reporter on the topic. Today, Mr. Kennedy misunderstood a question posed to him by an NBC reporter in a crowded, noisy exhibit hall at the Iowa State Fair, his campaign spokesman said. Mr. Kennedy's position on abortion is that it is always the woman's right to choose. He does not support legislation banning abortion. The Russian ruble has reached its lowest level since the country launched its war in Ukraine as Western sanctions and military needs have crippled the country's export revenues. According to CNN, the ruble has lost 40% of its value this year and now sits at just over 100 rubles to $1. So a ruble is now worth about the same as a penny. The ruble has experienced extreme whiplash in values in the past years. In 2022, it became the strongest currency in the world thanks to policies that kept the currency in the country and sky-high fossil fuel prices. The situation has deteriorated since that time. The nation's monetary crisis prompted Russia's central bank to schedule an emergency meeting Tuesday to discuss the problem. A weak ruble complicates the economy's structural transformation and negatively influences real household earnings. Maxim Orshkin, President Vladimir Putin's economic advisor, said in an op-ed for Russia's state news agency on Monday, a strong ruble is in the interests of the Russian economy. A strong ruble is a point of pride for many Russians, according to the Wall Street Journal. It was a matter of obsession, said Ekaterina Pravilova, a Princeton University professor who recently wrote a book on the history of the ruble, according to the journal. It was a barometer not just of Russia well-being, but just how European Russia is. It was prestige. It was a matter of honor. And that'll do it for today's episode. Thank you for listening to the Daily Signal's top news. If you haven't gotten a chance, be sure to check out our morning show right here in this podcast feed where we interview lawmakers, experts, and leading conservative voices. Join us tomorrow morning for the Daily Signal interview edition. Samantha Sheris will sit down with Peter Wood to discuss Confucius classrooms and the Chinese Communist Party's infiltration of American K-12 through classrooms. Also, make sure you subscribe to The Daily Signal wherever you get your podcasts and help us reach more listeners by leaving a five-star rating and a review. We read and appreciate all your feedback. Thanks for listening. Have a great night. We'll be back with you tomorrow morning. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. Executive producers are Rob Bluey and Kate Trinko. Producers are Virginia Allen and Samantha Asheris. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. To learn more, please visit DailySignal.com.